Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? And I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. This is Radio Influence. The future is now. As America's zone coach, premier thought leader, and the world's number one coach of champions, Jim Fannin has guided the careers of the best pro athletes from 10 sports and business executives from 50 industries. He has coached individuals, families, relationships, students, and entire cities in simplifying and balancing their lives for more than 40 years. From winning Wimbledon, the World Series, and a gold medal to losing 68 pounds, saving lost marriages, or overcoming financial ruin, Jim Fannin has been behind the scenes guiding individuals through the intricate process of peak performance. His success tools are not just for the superstar. They're designed to help you reach your full potential as you tap into life's most successful mindset, the zone. Now, please welcome the coach of champions and America's zone coach, Jim Fannin. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Jim Fannin Show. I'm Jim Fannin. Hey, my name's Seth, Jim Psychic and producer here on America's Most Positive Podcast. Jim, you're smiling. What's on your mind? <laughs> uh, singing. Singing? Singing. It, I, singing. Seth, singing's on my mind. I, I would like to sing. Okay. Happy birthday <laughs> to you. Happy birthday to you. This is my debut album. Happy <laughs> birthday, dear Seth. Happy birthday to you and many more. Who, who is many more? I don't get that. Happy birthday. Thanks, sir. Wow, 73. I cannot believe it. I cannot believe it. You're the oldest guy on the air. Unbelievable. Happy birthday, Seth. You know what's on my mind besides your birthday? The zone. Yeah. Yeah, the, the zone the zone's been on my mind for 40 some years, but it's really on my mind because you know, when you're in that zone state, there are many levels of being in the zone. And the research that I've had on this is that uh, you can be in the zone. Initially, it's 12 seconds. Why is it 12 seconds? I don't know. That, that was just the research. So I can be in the zone putting in golf, and it's about 12 seconds. And and that's a little prep, and that's the actual executing, uh, the rolling of the ball into the cup. Um, and then I, I've, I've really found that it, there's multiples of 12, and um, 144 seconds, which is definitely a little more than a couple of minutes, is really the next level where you can elongate that feeling of that one putt, and now I'm back in the zone or staying in the zone for the next tee shot, the tee ball I'm going to hit after that uh, great par putt or birdie putt or eagle putt that I've made. But you can be in the zone in a myriad of things. You know, the zone's designed uh, through a hard wire in our DNA. It's hardwired, the zone, so that when you have trauma in your life, whatever that might be, it triggers the five markers that also trigger natural body chemistry to put you in that purposeful, calm feeling that nothing can go wrong. So it insulates you, it protects you when you get into the zone. And so that's hardwired through DNA. And, and I found that you can actually hardwire yourself, 
which is the whole point of the score system, to trigger the zone. There, there's ways to do that. We've been talking about it on the show for over a year. But, you know, the zone, your eyes double, triple shutter speed. That slows everything down. That's so you can look for an avenue of escape or maybe flip it around and fight your way out of some t- kind of uh, predicament. And again, that's hardwired. That's natural. We all possess that right now. Even on your birthday, I could stick a knife in your leg and your eyes would double and, and triple <laughs> shutter speed so you could uh, run out of the studio or fight me off. <laughs> yeah, uh, Your stomach shuts down once that zone arrives and the blood vessels, capillaries, they constrict in your stomach and it diverts the blood from your stomach to the brain so that you have more clarity. And the rest of the blood goes to the large muscles in your body, your shoulders, back muscles, your biceps, your quads, your gluteus uh, maximus. It goes to the large muscles so you have inordinate quickness, speed, agility, strength. You also have great balance. Also, when you're in the zone, your skin may feel a little itchy. And so you, 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 you're moving a little bit. Even though everything's calm, everything's slowed down, you still have this energy that you, want, you need to do something. So it's kind of an itchy kind of feeling. And, and if you've been in that zone, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Also, when you're in the zone, your conscious mind, which has logic, reasoning, it shuts down. Now, you can still be logical, still be reasonable, but intuition trumps logic and reasoning. It it overrides it. And now you're picking up real-time information all around you, in your environment, picking up data points, and that's going to help you escape or uh, fight your way out of the challenge. The zone is not designed to make a lot of money in business. That's not how it was hardwired. It's not designed to make an A in college on a midterm or a final exam. Uh, it's not designed to close a sale, uh, the biggest sales presentation you've ever made. And uh, th- that's what it's not hardwired for. But like I said at the top of this, you can create that hardwire through repetition at certain times throughout the day with uh, very specific visualizations. And um, once that happens, you can be hardwired to then be in the zone during a football game or at the end of a basketball game or for your business. And the other thing that I found is the zone is contagious. It's so contagious. So I get locked into the zone, and uh, the people around me get in the zone. Next thing, we have an entire team in the zone, and uh, that's when it really gets fun. Now, the zone's available to everyone. doesn't matter about your age. doesn't matter about your economic status, your background, your nationality, your ethnicity. It doesn't matter. Every human being can attract this zone state. The longest I've seen someone someone in this state, I mean locked, 33 days. Can you be longer in that zone? I would say that the answer is yes. I'm looking forward for my clients to get into it longer. But I do know this. It's like a rubber band. You stretch it, you stretch it, 
and eventually the rubber band breaks. And what really breaks is your energy. The zone requires maximum energy. That's why sleep is so important. And uh, if you have routines of sleep, that's going to restore your energy reserves. And that's why good diet, positive diet, and a regimen of diet also helps with energy reserves. So if you really want to be a zone performer, you'll eat well, you'll sleep well, and then, of course, you won't cloud your mind with past tense thoughts and negative thoughts and shoulda, coulda, woulda thoughts and all of that. So it's a clean mind, really, stripped down of all the impurities, all the negatives, all the judgment, all the being a victim. And uh, I, I will tell you right now, Seth, we need the leaders of our country to be in the zone. And let's really talk about who that is. Mom, dad, you're, you're a dad. You're, you're a leader of the future of our country. And mom, dad, we need to get in the zone. Uh, who else are the influencers? And, and this is more than politics, much more than that. And I'm talking local, state, federal. This is much more than that. We need to be in the zone with the leaders in the small businesses in our country. And, uh, and also uh, the captains of industry of some major internationals that influence everything. Uh, because, you know, one person may oversee 25,000 people. I've coached a lot of CEOs and their employees, 25,000 people. And stress runs downhill. It doesn't run uphill. It runs downhill. So leaders, moms, dad... We need to really weigh our words. We need to say what we mean. We need to mean what we say. And we need to have the vocabulary that can facilitate the zone in our children, in our students at school, uh, teachers uh, of all types and coaches of all types, very influential in helping someone attract the zone state. If we can just take a quick left-hand turn here, Jim, we've got, you know, few thousand new people listening very recently and if you've never really heard this or this is your first episode it's probably worth going back a little bit and realizing that uh this zone state even if you maybe had an idea it was there you didn't know what to do with it so i think back to a a, a little stretch of time when i was a senior in high school right and little blips i'd mentioned on the show before I had a game where I had 33 rebounds uh, in a, a very competitive, you know, conference in high school what, basketball. What are you playing, second graders? <laughs> 33 rebounds. Wow. Uh, I, I wound up not actually doing this, but I applied for a competitive internship that involved a, a four-year college scholarship for free for a bank, uh, and I beat 400 other kids, got it, and actually wound up turning it down because I decided I didn't want to be a banker. And, and I remember about six weeks where I just, you know, metaphorically hit the ball of the park every single time. And then I remember a stretch where, you know, I took the ACT, I did well on three sections of it, and then I just completely bombed out one section, just kind of lost it. And now I look back and say, something in there happened and I wasn't able to reboot because I didn't know it. And so you've seen this in your own life. And until now, you maybe just didn't realize you have so much control over this than you thought you had previously. Well, you know, we get into a zone state in so many things naturally in our lives. Uh, We're reading a book. I'm locked. The characters are real. The environment that the book is portraying, it is real. 
and I'm there and I'm on the roller coaster of the character's emotion that I've attached to and I can't put this book down and all of a sudden the phone rings I'm like oh man so I put the book down I was in the zone that phone call was a zone breaker we call those score breakers any type of external or internal stimuli that impacts self-discipline, concentration, optimism, relaxation, or enjoyment. Those are the five markers we all possess, and when they're at a high level, that's when the zone arrives. So your score level, we've replaced that. Uh, we've replaced the attitude, and we've replaced it with score level, S-C-O-R-E. You've been in the zone when you've watched a movie and you get scared and your heart rate goes up or you're laughing hysterically. That's a zone state. The movie took you into a zone state. And when I'm coaching actors and even some great directors I've had the privilege of of working with, their whole being is to get the audience. It's not about the actors. It's not about the script. Can you get the audience in the zone to the point when they leave their performance, um, they're taking that performance with them. They still have those character interactions in their mind of being in the zone, and that's how word of mouth really builds up a movie. So we've been in the zone when we've taken a test, uh, when we played sports, uh, when we've just been in a conversation with an old friend. So the zone is available. It's there in every day in our lives. And, I, and as I say at the conclusion of every show, it's the only place to be. But can you be in it on a constant basis? And the answer is no, because you run out of energy. And it's about managing the energy downtimes uh, and then replenishing that energy. And like I said, pull out another rubber band of energy and then stretch it as long as possible until it breaks. So being in the zone, that's what the show's all about. And um, it is the only place to be. And you know what? If you're brand new, Amazon.com, wherever you buy books, uh, Jim Fannin, you can search the blueprint, uh, F-A-N-N-I-N. The podcast is a great place to start, but to really hit the zone and go after your well-defined goals, well... Quite frankly, you've got to have well-defined goals. <laughs> well, and, and the other thing, check out uh, also on Amazon, Score for Life. That really breaks down the score system, the zone. The blueprint breaks it down as well. But either one of those books that I've written, uh, I, I'd read Score for Life, then I would get the blueprint. They really go hand in hand. Uh, it's a one-two punch on helping you be your genuine, authentic best self. Yeah, and you know, we love being with you on your commute, out on your run at the gym. Uh, however, it's just, there's something about getting things down on paper, and Jim can help you do that. Uh, Jim Fannin, F-A-N-N, I-N, Amazon.com, wherever you buy books. You know, one, one more thing I want to talk about the zone. When you're in the zone, uh, you're operating uh, visually in your mind. You're seeing the next step. Uh, also, being in the zone, it allows you to look around a corner. When no one else can see it, you can actually look around the corner and see what's coming. You may not know exactly what's coming, but you've picked up a vibe that don't go down that alley. Or maybe I need to go down that alley. Maybe there's an opportunity down there. You're not really sure. Listen to your gut. Listen to your inner voice. 
uh, again, it has real-time information that conscious minds don't possess. The zone, it's for everyone. Yeah, and by the way, at the very end of the show, just to have a little fun previewing, we are going to get into a story about how that intuition just saved somebody's life up in Canada in a way that uh, is just crazy. So that'll be fun later on. So I need to ask everyone, have you been in the zone this past week? Go back, reflect. You know, the best in the world only go into the past for evaluation, analysis, and obvious learning. But you need to know when you're in the zone and how you got in the zone. Now, I know if you, God forbid, get into a car accident, that's, that's a forced zone state. And if you've been in one, uh, you know that your eyes doubled, triple shutter speed, and it's, everything slowed down. Now you know why. Uh, but it seems surreal. Uh, time, uh, there's a loss of time. Uh, I was speaking to someone a few days ago about his hobby, carpentry. And he said, you know, I realized that carpentry as a hobby, going out in the, in the, in the shed and making stuff with my hands, I could be out there four hours on a weekend day and uh, just get lost and, and not be aware of where the time go. You know, just it just went like that. And that's a zone state. And I think uh, that's why this person loves his hobby and loves carpentry. It gets you into the zone state. The video game, Fortnite, I'm not advocating video games, but I do know that playing a video game, playing Fortnite, one of the most popular video games on the market, you will get into a zone state and you are there doing uh, the game. You're, yeah. you're in it and you're participating and you can, two hours have gone by and you're not even aware of it. So many of the things that you do, you're not sure why you do them. Uh, it's to be in that zone. I think that's something all humans covet because we know uh, that's when we're at our best. Now there is a negative, a mirror negative opposite of the zone and that's the downs and we've all at least put our foot in the pool of this uh, attitudinal quicksand and that's the opposite that's when you have low self-discipline low concentration uh, definite low optimism you're definitely not relaxed in fact you're probably freaked out a little bit breathing's over 20 breaths a minute and it's not fun That attitudinal quagmire, once you get into that state, uh, you need to get out of that swiftly because that can linger, that can last. And I've seen people in that state longer than 33 days. And that's a depression, uh, a a very mild to a very severe depression. And uh, so there is an opposite side of the coin of performance. The zone's on one side, and then the flip side, we just call it the downs. Let me just ask you one question about that, Jim, because one of the things we kind of discover about the show is that uh, the show gets passed along to somebody who needs it. So it may be this is episode number one for you. And you're like, well, you know what? The stuff you're saying, it makes sense, but I'm brand new. And okay, I'm in the downs. Now, what do I, what do I do today? Well, first of all, when you're aware of being in the zone, you're not in it any longer. But when you become aware of being in a funk and you admit it, um, I think that awareness will help you uh, rebound swiftly. And how do you rebound? Well, you need to have something to focus your energy on. 
And the next step, the next move, the next day, uh, I'd make it as simple as possible. So when you get into the downs or you feel that you're approaching the downs because a few things haven't been going your way, that's when you do need a blueprint. You're better off not going from A to B, which we've all been trained since we were little kids. Uh, We need to go right to B. We need to see it. Uh, We need to see it as if it's so, as it will be. And that will pull you, almost like a AAA uh, uh, tow truck, to pull you out of a ditch. Uh, Most of us are pushing our way out of the ditch or we're spinning our tires while we're in the ditch. That's typically what we do when we're in that downs or that depressed state. But I found the easiest way is to be pulled out. Now, Seth, you could pull me out of the downs by, hey, Jim, you're better than this, you're this, you're that, and, you know, trying to bolster my confidence. Maybe that'll help pull me out of a down state. But I found the easiest way to get out of the downs is to have a vision so strong that it wakes you up in the morning and it tucks you in bed at night. And that vision will get you up when you get dropped to a knee because of a negative performance. And in this uh, vernacular, success is getting up one more time from defeat. And you got to get up swiftly, and that vision will pull you out of it. Yeah, and, you know, whatever uh, set of challenges that uh, if, if you do find yourself in, you know, in the downs now or at some point in your life, I can promise you the score system has picked up uh, people and pulled them out of situations that uh, are probably more complex and more urgent than the ones that uh, that, that you're facing. In and and you can you can be in the zone in business and then you come home and your relationship's not in the zone. Maybe it's in the downs or I love you, baby. You know, you and one plus one equal three. I, I've never loved you more, you know, and, and I'm so in the zone with my relationship. But then I go to work you know, my boss is like, oh, my goodness, now I'm in a down state uh, and uh, I can readily see that my life is incongruent. Home life, great. Parenting, great. Work, not so great. And um, I think work's a big deal, Seth, because we spend an inordinate amount of energy, thoughts, preparation, um, it's uh, not easy for everyone to go home from a tough day at work and then just flip the switch. We have many tools for that uh, in the score system, but it's not easy to flip the switch and go home and, you know, I'm all Disneyland and hi, how are you? We've got a little 90-second rule uh, to help you do that. That's in the 90-second program, but um, it's... uh, Work is a big deal in terms of you being into a zone state, and being in the zone state really depends on not just your coworkers and not just you. It depends on the direction of the company, the leaders. And again, I mentioned this earlier, stress runs downhill. One word, one negative look, maybe even a non-word, silence. Uh, what's he thinking? Why do you... He didn't say a word about it. I can't believe he looked me in the eye. You know, I'm talking about my boss. And um, it can cause my mind to race and uh, use my imagination in a negative way. And um, the boss may or may not even realize that their silence or that one statement that they made 
uh, while I made my presentation. They gave me a little bit of sarcasm in front of my group. Uh, that put me in a down state. And then what am I going to do? I'm probably going to go home and talk about it with uh, my significant other and and who knows where that's going to go. Uh, but now I've drug it home with me. So one of the fun things about the zone is the zone is the zone is the zone is the zone. And so sometimes that means, uh, you know, talking to the manager of a World Series championship, uh, Boston Red Sox. And sometimes that means we find uh, how a scientist is uh, implementing the zone. And it doesn't mean that you have to be, you know, a champion slugger or a research scientist to apply the zone to your own life. Oh, yeah. This oh. is this is not just for the superstar athlete yeah. by any stretch. A lot of people believe that the zone is in every one of us, regardless of age or background or economic status. So you, you're absolutely right, Seth. And it's something that... Um, it's going to make us better parents, uh, better leaders, better neighbors, better friends, and, and maybe even better to ourselves and treat ourselves really well. I mean, how many of us have talked down about ourselves? And yeah. how many have, have put ourselves down? Um, how many times has someone given you a compliment and then you kind of dismiss it and go, no, I haven't really been that good, and you actually put yourself down? Some people have a hard time uh, handling a, uh, a positive compliment. So uh, the zone and the downs, you can go back and forth 10, 20, 30 times in a day. Uh, in between those, just with a dirty look, uh, or a positive pat on the back, uh, or some good news by text or email. Uh, you know, I can be in a little little funk, and then I'm all of a sudden I get my monthly report, and wow, we did better than I thought, and all of a sudden I'm in the zone. You know, champagne for all, and everything's great. Or I think everything's great, and then I get the report, and I'm like, oh my goodness, we, we lost 40, 40 million last last month. Whoa. And just like that, uh, that news, that information uh, can set me on the opposite course of being in the zone. Now I'm heading toward the downs. And again, it's contagious. Both of these extremes are contagious. And so a team can be in the zone and win a championship. And there's no doubt that a team can be in a funk and everybody, especially the stars, especially the, the coach, maybe even the GM, uh, they're in the downs. And uh, and it can last for decades, and it can break superstars. Unfortunately, it can, and it has impact on the audience. The audience knows if your team's in the zone or not. You're thinking about your favorite team right now, I'm sure, listening, going, they're in the zone, or, oh, my goodness, we're in the downs. I knew it. I, I knew it. And uh, so it's very obvious uh, – to most observers, who's in the zone and who's not. I'm going to go ahead and grab our guest here in uh, just a moment. Heather Hansen, uh, you know, when we said the zone is the zone is the zone is the zone, has spent a lot of her life talking to managers about how they uh, take their bosses out of peak performance. So when we're talking about dropping out of the zone, getting back into the zone, whoever it is you're influencing and, you know, however you want to be contagious, we're, we're going to talk a little bit about that because these stats around how much work can mess you up when you have a bad boss or you are a bad boss, uh, you know, in some ways it's, it's stuff we, we kind of already know, but in other ways the, the figures are striking. 
So, so Heather Hansen is a consultant and she's a coach. She consults with managers and helps them get past the zone breaker behavior and um, helps managers get into the zone and consequently get their team in the zone. Heather Hansen, the book is The Evolved Executive. Welcome to the Jim Fannin Show. Hey, thanks. I'm excited to be here. I, I'm excited you're on the uh, on the air with us because uh, your, your book really is about being in a purposeful, calm, positive, extreme positive zone state, and that's what we're all about. Uh, you've seen so many companies that just want to allow their teams to get into peak performance. In fact, management, you know, th- th- of course, they want you to be at your best. They want you to fulfill that resume that you uh, so aptly prepared and maximize that. But uh, it's usually the leaders that can take uh, employees out of that state. Tell me about your findings on how leaders are negatively impacting the workplace. Yeah, I think you're right on here. And that's been my experience as well. And interestingly enough, I I think it's a matter of how we've been maybe programmed or socialized on what it means to lead or manage. And I think some of the practices that we see in most organizations today are really outdated. And so they get in the way of that peak performance and get in the way of employees being able to do their best work. And a few examples of that are you know, areas of micromanaging because leaders think they need to have all the control and have all the answers. They end up kind of hovering over their employees and not letting them do their work. And it really strips them of that motivation that they need to be able to do their job at hand, really tap into their potential. You know, don't, other things. Don't, 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 don't you think that some people that are promoted to a manager position now they have some power over hiring and firing and maybe they've never had that type of power before it can easily go to someone's head that can be their ulterior motive anyway that power is what they're striving for and they just don't know how to wield it and and they abuse their power i see that a lot in uh, companies that are micromanaged oh absolutely and i think power and control within organizations is what's basically going to take us down from a performance and a fulfillment perspective. And the more evolved organizations, I'm finding that leaders have this skill to be able to let go of control and see power by giving the power back to their employees. And in that, we just see incredible intrinsic motivation. And I know you guys talk a lot about, you know, self-confidence and concentration and that discipline that's required That's really only available when a manager or leader can give power and control back to that individual, because otherwise they're just sapped completely of that self-confidence when someone's always hovering over their shoulder. Now, now you had a statistic. I believe this is from your website, possibly from your book. Fifty eight percent of employees say they trust strangers more than their (laughs) boss. Wow. That's a staggering uh, number. It's it's terrifying. It's it's terrifying. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) Yeah. And it's it's rampant when you see this within organizations. And I'm working with a client right now at the very highest levels of the organization. It's people are constantly watching over their back because they think they're going to be thrown under the bus. They think that someone's going to use them to look better in front of their boss. It's it's ridiculous. And so organizations today just have 
ridiculous trust issues and being able to kind of un unlearn some of those behaviors to be able to rebuild trust is a monumental task. So I'm going to ask you a tough question. Male versus female. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I've seen so many and I've coached both and I have less challenges and I'm not patronizing you. I, I have less challenges coaching a female manager than I actually do with the males. The males can get really don't men don't get mad at me as I'm saying this, but I really believe we need more women in uh, higher positions in the workforce. I think it's going to be better. I've seen that challenge uh, at the best companies in the world, the top top ten, Fortune top ten. Uh, when the women were more involved, uh, that unit had better communication. What's your findings on that? Is there any stats on that? You know, there are some interesting stats out there now as it relates to overall organizational performance, um, functioning of a board that says when you have the balance of males and females, uh, the better off you're going to be. My perspective and my experience in coaching folks is that I agree, working with women, they oftentimes naturally come to a leadership space with more collaboration, with more caring, with more nurturing, with more of an ability to create more, that. More empathy. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But, but I'll also say I've worked with a lot of men who do that as well. And so it might be a combination of even kind of the feminine and masculine where a male or female can have both of those energies within them and tap into those for the leadership situation that they're in. So a lot of time I kind of work, whether it's a male, I I oftentimes work with empathy and that would be considered more of a feminine energy or element. And sometimes with women, we need to work more with confidence and assertiveness. And so for me, it it seems to be a blending or a balancing of some of those energies. Uh, there's another stat, a whopping 73% of uh, people surveyed said they work strictly for their paycheck. I'm getting ready to hire quite a few people. We're, we're going to make a, 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 some uh, positive things in our company. And I'm like, 73% uh, are only working for the paycheck. Yeah. That's... Um, that's tough to have that in a company, but I, that's probably nurtured in the uh, environment. What's your thoughts on that? Yeah, in most traditional organizations, I think that percentage is absolutely real. And um, it is, it's a matter of having to redesign. So I'm excited to hear that you are in the middle of a growth space and that this is a, a stat that shocks you because it'll help you think differently about how do you want to create your organization? How do you want to create your culture? And, you know, my book speaks a little bit to the different types of beliefs and practices that we need to put into place so that people have autonomy, that they have freedom, that they have their agency to do their work well. And these are the elements that allow people to work for something that they care about versus something just for a paycheck. And so I think we need to unlearn a lot of those behaviors to create a different environment. And there's another stat uh, that you had, and I see this in in all the companies that I coach. And I think this might be low. 58% of managers say they did not receive management training. I've I've seen companies that they look at that resume and go, oh, this is an all-star. This person is the best. And then they just 
put a round uh, peg in a square hole thinking, uh, well, they'll, they'll figure out the culture. Uh, they'll figure it out, and uh, I'm going to hold them accountable based on the resume. No training <laughs> whatsoever. And, yeah. and this is big companies. I, yeah. I, I mean, major international companies. Um, are you finding that? No training, no formal training especially. Yes. My experience is similar to yours. And I think you mentioned it earlier in terms of like someone moving into a role and then wielding power in a way that's really destructive. And I think because individuals are moved into positions of authority without any training, without any development on what it means and what shifts, because obviously what got you here is not going to get you there. We are doing such a huge disservice, not only for that individual, but for that team and that organization. So a lot of my work is helping people understand the, not only the then it's not a nice to have in terms of having leadership development and leadership training. It is a must have if you want to actually create an organization that achieves its goals. And so to still have this rate of 58 percent and intuitively, I would have said that's higher as well, um, is appalling to me. I mean, we we should know better in terms of how to develop and lead organizations at this point. You, you would think that we would. And, uh, you know, I, I think there's a cost factor uh, a lot of times we hire people when I, I need somebody right now. I don't have time to train them. Right. Uh, and I've seen a lot of people be in that situation. Oh, my gosh, somebody just quit. You know, it's unexpected, and i got to fill that role. Uh, how, how long do you believe most companies need to uh, – do you have any ideas on uh, length of training? I, I, it should you know, be continuous. I, I, I do believe that. Exactly. Con- so I think we've seen a couple different models that work, and I appreciate the notion of it. It is continuous development as an employer, as a leader kind of moves through different roles within maybe a career climb. Evolving. That'd be a great yeah. name for a book. Oh, there you go. Exactly. <laughs> but um, so for, for first level leaders, you know, I think anything less than four to six months in terms of on the job, kind of whether they go through a development program that's internally led within an organization, you got to give them some time and space, not only to learn new content, but to try it out and come back and get some feedback. I, I think a lot of people listening, when you started to say four to five, they were thinking weeks <laughs> instead of months. But I agree with you. It, it takes it takes a while for the culture to bring someone in uh, to the fold and mm-hmm. also that person to go in. You know, both are adjusting uh, with that new relationship. Yeah. Uh, Heather, thank you so much uh, for I, I want to have you back. I'd like to take a deeper dive. Tell me your book and how do I get your book? Absolutely. The book is called The Evolved Executive. The future of work is love and action. And you can find that on Amazon, both paperback and as well as a Kindle version. And and do you have a website we can go to? Yes. So www.untetheredconsulting.com. Untetheredconsulting.com. I love that. Heather, thank you so much. You're definitely a zone performer. And uh, uh, I'm glad that you're out there making our companies better because it's going to make us customers and us clients have better experiences. I appreciate that. Thank you, uh, Heather. Thank you so much. And I appreciate your leadership. Man, those <laughs> those numbers will mess with your head. I mean, if, if you go to a job, that's stuff you better be thinking about right now. 73% of those surveyed say they work strictly for the paycheck. So at five o'clock, I'm out of here. 
And uh, that's <laughs> that's a little alarming. Seventy nine percent of people who quit their jobs cite the lack of appreciation. And, and I, I've uh, that's why they left. And, and I've seen that. Um, it wasn't about money, even though uh, 73% said they worked strictly for the paycheck. But an executive, a thousand executives in the Fortune 500 that were surveyed, uh, number one is, uh, I am appreciated. I get the pats on the back. That's why job uh, reviews, monthly reviews, quarterly reviews, definite annual reviews are so crucial. You know, where do I stand? And here's what I appreciate about you. But the second is, I'm an integral part of something greater than myself. And that takes training where you bring an employee in, and this is one of the uh, zone tip du jours. You know, when you bring someone into your company, they need to see the holistic approach, not just that very narrow scope of what they do in that small niche. And they need to see the big picture. They need to understand from either an industrial video of the company, but even more importantly, the history of the company. How did the company get here? Tell me about the founders. I, I want to know the essence of the business and how it's evolved. Uh, the more I know about the history and the tradition. I, I know in sports, the athletes that I've coached, the, the ones that got the tradition of the Yankees, they understood uh, the history of of all of those pennants and all those national championships. And, of course, the Yankees remind you, that organization, when you go in the locker room, it's right there in front of you. They showcase everything they've done. A lot of companies don't do that. They, they just bring you in. I remember the first and only job I had, Seth, uh, when I went into my meeting, now this is after they wind me, dined me, and said, we love you, you're the best, you're the greatest thing going. They had hired me as a sales manager, tennis pro, and I was also going to run a pro shop, and I was hired for that. So I go into my first meeting after all this, uh, you know, uh, giving me all these kudos of how great I am. Uh, the owner looked at me and said, you know, the owner's not always right. And he looked me dead in the eye and he goes, but he's always the owner. And, and it sent chills down my spine. I'm like, and I just nodded and I said, okay. And then the general manager of the place says, do you know what boss is backwards? And at that point, I'm a little confused. And all of a sudden, I'm a little intimidated because their total demeanor changed. And I'm like, I, I, you know, I struggled with the answer to that. And he goes, boss backwards double SOB. Now get up and start that clinic on court number four. No instruction. No tell me how to do it. And I walked out of there going, this is going to be my last job. And you know what, Seth? It, it was my only and it was my last job. You know what? I, unfortunately, I would say every single person listening can can relate to being in a situation like that. Hopefully you're not in one right now. But l let's just do a quick follow up here. You've coached companies that I'm sure, you know, don't teach people their roles well. The managers are really micromanaging because, you know, they don't have confidence in themselves. It, tell me about how you've helped people shift out of that mindset as a company because you, you talk about the the company has an identity and the company is in the zone or well, not in the zone. Well, first of all, you don't make money until you sell something. 
That's first. Yeah. And you got to sell services and or products. What does that mean? I need prospects. I need clients. I need customers. Uh, that's going to help pay people and and also uh, let the company evolve to its next level. It's all about the customer. It's all about the client. And customers and clients can pick up vibes. They pick up positive vibes. They pick up negative vibes. Vibes are real. And every thought that a worker has has three simultaneous reactions that are readable, even over the phone. You can even sense it in an email. It's readable. Every thought that we have can be measured on a machine in, in the hospital called an encephalogram. And every thought is a literal action. It's an action. Well, for every action, here's the three reaction that customers and clients can pick up. Physical reaction to my thoughts. So I, I went into a bank and uh, yesterday, uh, excuse me, Saturday. They were closed yesterday. I went in the bank on Saturday and um, the person, the personal banker, refused to look me in the eye. And they were writing something while they were talking to me. And, I, and it was a personal banker. And uh, now I didn't know this person is a branch I don't typically go to. But, you know, I'm a big customer there. And maybe not the biggest, but, um, you know, I got a lot of money there. And uh, her body language was very readable. And I got a negative vibe. And I didn't want to be there. And if someone said, would you like to change banks? At that second, I've said, absolutely. I don't need a bank. There's a bank on every corner. I need a banker. I need a banker, not a bank. So the physical reaction to whatever she was thinking about was very negative, and she was broadcasting that to me. The second reaction is whatever uh, a person's thoughts are, there's an, an emotional reaction. I can feel if you're sad. I can feel it. I can feel if you're happy, uh, if you're frustrated. Uh, I can not only see it on your body language, although you can mask that. You know, some people have trained themselves to mask their, their thoughts. But boy, is it tough to mask your feelings. That's not easy to mask. Most of us leave it out there on our sleeves for everybody to see. But it's possible to mask the second reaction to every thought, and that's the emotional. Now, the third reaction, humans, us humans, we haven't figured out how to mask this one. This one is a tell, and that's a vibe. I'm just picking it up. You can walk into a company and pick up a vibe that things aren't going well. I walked into a mattress store. Now, this mattress store is a national store, and they have gone bankrupt. They've already announced it. Well, I'd walked into the store prior to them going bankrupt. You could feel it, the employees. So stress runs downhill from the very top person to the second tier uh, in management, down to a middle management, down to a person on the floor trying to sell me a mattress. And eventually, that'll trickle all the way down to me. The person is getting ready to fork out some dough so I can have a good night's sleep on a mattress. And, uh, and I walked out of there. Why? Poor body language. 
I picked up the emotion that something's wrong, and I definitely picked up a vibe. And and I think, you know, if you run your own company, these vibes are real. Your your employees, your team members, your company is only as good as what we all think as a company simultaneously. So a company can have low self-discipline, low concentration, low optimism, as in the mattress company. Their optimism was around their ankles. I mean, they're going, they're going belly up. And, and you, they, a company can have low relaxation for whatever the reason. And there's no question a company can have low enjoyment. So uh, a company can be in the zone. Uh, or a company can definitely have score breakers, zone breakers everywhere and be in the downs like we talked about at the top of the show today. Yeah, and so that's why it's so important to just kind of keep going back to the basics, and we will, of course, get to the the score check like we do at the uh, end of every single episode. I, I, I want to mention uh, some other things from, uh, yeah, from uh, Heather. Um, according to the Mayo Clinic, this was uh, in, in some of the things that uh, have in Heather's book, the person you report to at work is more important for your health than your family doctor? Isn't that interesting? More important. Why is that? Because job stress, it literally costs U.S. employers more than $300 billion annually. And, and I think that number is probably higher. Stress is the silent killer. Uh, you never see it coming. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not stressed. I don't. I don't. I don't feel stressed as I'm grinding my teeth. I, I don't really feel stressed as I'm jingling change in my pocket continuously, unaware. Uh, energy that has not been released and not been focused outwardly to objectives, targets. Energy sent away from you will eventually, if it's negative, back up like a toilet. It's going to back up. And that energy has only one place set that it can go. It's not going to go into my skeletal system. It's not going to go in the organs in my body. It's going to go right into the muscles. It's going to tighten my jaw muscle. That's how I, I, I get uh, uh, locked jaw. That, that, that's a, a, a great place for stress to hide. And, and that's why I've always said you can't be in the zone without your jaw unhinged. So if you're stressed, it's not unhinged. Uh, you can see it on someone's face, definitely in sports, when they're grimacing when they're throwing a ball or they're grimacing when they're throwing a pass. You can see that stress, and it's not released. So uh, stress is prevalent on bad teams, negative stress, and it's definitely uh, in companies that aren't doing really well. And again, stress runs downhill. The leader, the boss, uh, needs to understand um, the energy of his company is an accumulation of all the thoughts in the company. Now, the average person has two or 3,000 thoughts in a day. You got 10 employees 20,000 thoughts, 40,000 thoughts. You know, you had 20 employees, that's 40,000 thoughts, 20 times 2,000. That's a lot of thoughts. You're not going to get all of them because, you know, I got a family and wife and I got maybe a woodworking hobby, whatever. But 
you want the most of those thoughts, but I need them positive. So I think when you're hiring someone, you got to hire attitude first. Yeah, the resume's great, but if they've got a great resume and they walk in with a bad attitude and then you don't facilitate a positive attitude, well, you've just hired a negative person, which is going to contribute to that $300 billion uh, cost that's costing companies because of negative stress. Well, I think we've all seen it where, you know, somebody may make a company money in the short term. They may be a rock star in a certain role, but they leave such a swath of destruction that ultimately probably the company is in a net negative because they take away everybody else's ability to do their job well. But, you know, they brought in some cash. That's not a win. Well, here's another tip. Take a sheet of paper and down the left side of the paper uh, with initials or first names, write the people that report to you. If you're a small business owner, maybe you have eight people that work for you. Maybe you own a little print shop or whatever it might be. Maybe you have four people. Maybe you have three people. Maybe you have 20. If you're in a big company, you probably do have an inner circle uh, that re- direct reports to you. So write them down the left side in a column. Across the top in five columns, S-C-O-R-E. And you're going to rate each of these people, their score level on a 1 to 10. Now, I'm going to tell you what a 10 is, and then you can rate them accordingly. So you've got your employees, your inner circle down the left side, You have S for self-discipline in one column, C for concentration. You're going to rate their concentration. Column two, O, optimism, their optimism about their work. That's column three. Column four, relaxation. How cool are they? Uh, How calm are they, especially in a crisis? And, And then enjoyment will be the last column. Now, here's a 10. If you rated someone a 10, that would be pretty amazing. What a great employee that would be. What an amazing team member. But if they're a 10 in self-discipline, they have a very well-defined vision, and that their personal vision fits into the overarching vision of the department, the division, and the company as a whole. And they have a willingness and a commitment to do the routines that lead to goals, well-defined, measurable goals that lead to that vision. Somebody that is a 10, uh, they have patience, uh, they have a plan, and they have strategy, they have tactics, and they're prepared to make swift adjustments. They have self-discipline within the whole arcing company. So rate them from one to ten. Now go right down the list. You got ten employees. You're going to have ten numbers in that column. At the end of that column, add the total. Add the total number of all of the self-discipline ratings. Concentration. Rate them. How do they focus? How do they focus their physical and mental energy? Now if they're multitasking, they're all over the place, and they're scattered, well, you're going to give them a low, low number. A person that's really locked in has accuracy, quality. They're punctual because they focus. When the big hand's on 12 and the little hand's on 3, well, I need to show up to work. 
Did they come five minutes early? Well, that, that also reflects their discipline, but also their concentration on what they need to do and rate them. Uh, the ability to focus their mental and physical energy on the task of the job or the routines of their assignment that lead to well-defined goals that will take them to their vision for what they need to do and also the vision of the company. So rate their concentration. Are they easily disturbed? Are they easily off their game? Are they running around like a chicken with their head cut off because they got too many balls in the air? Well, you got to rate that person low on the C level or concentration level. In the third column, rate their optimism. That's their belief, their expectation, and their sense of knowing that the routines of their work will lead them to well-defined goals, even exceed those goals because they're optimistic. And it will take them past belief into expectancy and a sense of knowing. Optimism, that has overarching uh, confidence and trust that what I have is enough. And you can tell an optimistic person, their head is up. You throw a challenge at them, they're looking for a solution. You throw a challenge to someone else, they take and go, "Uh, I got a problem. And they bitch, moan, complain about it. That's low optimism, okay? Using the P word, P-R-O-B-L-E-M. That's a word we don't brandish around here. That's for sure. So rate their optimism. And at the end, uh, now you've got uh, the final total for self-discipline, concentration, optimism. And now let's go to the opposite. Yeah, you can be disciplined. You can be focused. Maybe you're a rock star and all that. But maybe you're stressed to the max, How's their relaxation? And I know if you're stressed, anybody you're around, you can stress them also. So a company, a division, a department can have low relaxation. And that's what we're finding out right now about your team. So rate their relaxation, the ability to be comfortable, free from worry, free from anxiety, free from fear that I'm going to mess up that I'm going to screw up, and so I'm going to be careful about going for it here. I'm going to be real slow in what I do because, God forbid, I make a mistake. You've already made that clear to me. So that stress, it runs downhill. And, of course, if I'm stressed, well, I'm going to stress out my customers. I'm going to stress out my clients, especially if I have customer-client interaction. Rate their relaxation level, peaceful, calm, cool, especially in a crisis, especially in a defining moment of a presentation or a defining moment of solving some challenge that a customer may have uh, with customer service. They got a challenge. How cool are you? How calm are you? And then last, enjoyment. Now, this is really contagious. This is where you get a little dopamine, a little adrenaline. The enjoyment level Well, that's the satisfaction and pleasure that you have from executing the task. Do you love what you do? Do you do do what you love? And are you smiling? Are you got a little bouncing, a little pep in your step? Do you have some zest, you know? And do you just love being here? Isn't it refreshing when you have an employee, a team member that has that? That's exciting. It really is that enthusiasm. So right now, the last column... Rate the enjoyment level. 
Now, here's what you're going to find out. You're going to find out right now that your team has high or low level of one of those elements. You're going to see the weak link in your team's overarching attitude. And that's one of the first things I do when I'm consulting with a company. I want to ascertain the overarching attitude of the company because I know that's going to permeate through all the way to the factory floor, all the way to the home of a consumer. How's the score level of your team? Now, off to the right, horizontally add up that first person's score level, and now you're going to see which one uh, has the higher score level, which one has the low. You know, numbers don't lie, numbers don't cry. Numbers don't lie, numbers don't cry. There it is. You now have statistical attitude score levels. And I would do this, uh, and again, this is a judgment call. This is being objective as best possible. Uh, I would rate my team's score level minimum once a month. I recommend you have your finger on the attitudinal pulse of uh, your team members uh, at least weekly. And now, if I'm aware, Seth, that you've got low E, low enjoyment, as soon as I see you, I'm going to smile. I'm going to give you what you need. I'm going to ask you about your daughter. Yeah. You know, and you're going to start beaming and, 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 and when, you know, when, when you came in today, you know, I wish you a happy birthday, but when you came in, you know, how's your daughter and beaming, you showed me a picture. Yeah. You know, you almost broke your arm uh, getting the, the <laughs> Get picture up on your phone. And, and, and that's really what this is all about. You know what, Jim? It, it's very rare that I've had such a mental picture when you were, were talking, but when you were going through those team members, I was thinking about it doesn't matter if it's a large corporation or a high school that wants better test scores. A lot of times we get caught, caught chasing what you call the shiny dime, right? Like that, that thing you think is going to fix everything when really your team has to be there before anything else can happen. So, you know, if you were a basketball coach and you got the Warriors playbook, but you look over at your bench right before the game and... And you don't have Kevin Durant on your bench. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say. Yeah. Or, or Clay Thompson or Curry or well, yeah, Draymond even, Green. Yeah. To, to go more extreme, let's just say that your uh, your point guard just drank four energy drinks and is bouncing off the walls. Your shooting guard's asleep. Uh, you know, your small forward's crying. <laughs> your, uh, and your center's rubbing his knees because they're killing him. Yeah. And then you've got the, the fifth man on the court who's just apathetic. It doesn't matter if you have the Warriors playbook. Your team isn't there. And so for all of us... Before we kind of ask what we're doing, we got to ask, how is my team? Well, I think the first question is to look in the mirror and go, how's my score level? Because I'm readable. Uh, You can read my body language. You can pick up my emotion reaction to what I'm thinking. Just because you have a thought in your mind and you think, well, you know, you're an idiot. And he's not going to hear me think that, that. I think you're an idiot, but you can pick that vibe up. You may not be able to see it on someone's face. You may not be able to feel it in their emotion when you're with them, but you can pick up the vibe. And you know who's great at that? Your mom. She's great at picking up the vibe. So, you know, look in the mirror, get your score level intact. Then you do a little statistical measurement of your team. But this is for teachers. You could rate 
everybody in your class, 20 kids, 25 kids, hopefully you have less, you may have more, but you can rate which one has the low score level and what do I need to do uh, to bolster that aspect of those five markers? Because if I can get my individuals on my team, their score level balanced, that person's going to get in the zone. What's the weak link in my company and what's the weak link individually? And um, this also works for a family. So if you're ahead of a family and, uh, uh, you know, you got mom, dad, you got three kids, uh, maybe uh, mother-in-law's living there as well. Well, down the left side, rate, put everybody's name and rate their score level. You can see if your family's in the zone or not. And, and now this awareness is going to fix the issue 90% of the time just being aware that you got low R or low E. Now I can change my tactics. I can change my strategy. Uh, and now I'm going to know exactly what to do. You know, uh, we have in Jim Fannin Analytics is a division of our Jim Fannin brands. And we do this for companies. We actually have a survey where we can go in and ascertain uh, higher or low levels of SCRE. It compiles it. It's a survey with no electronic fingerprints. So, you, you know, as an employee, you're free to, you know, put whatever you want to put down. And you're basically rating your own score level. And um, we'll get a compilation back. And I, I had this with a major international company. It had three divisions. And so we did a survey for each division as a standalone. Well, one division needed discipline. Well, that the person leading that needs to implement more discipline, more uh, well-defined visions, more well-defined uh, and accountable goals. The other division needed relaxation. They were stressed to the max. Oh, they were disciplined and they were focused. But, man, were they stressed. And then the third division needed enjoyment. They just weren't having any fun. Uh, There was no uh, camaraderie. Uh, As soon as work was over, the last person they wanted to see was someone from their company. They would definitely not go out and, you know, go bowling with uh, somebody on their uh, uh, corporate team. That wasn't going to happen. And so the CEO realized uh, that each division had a different weak link in their score level. And so he coached the division heads accordingly. He changed his tactics, his strategy. And uh, this is a well-known brand, a well-known international uh, Fortune 10 company. Uh, so score levels are there whether you have a small mom-and-pop business uh, all the way to a multinational uh, conglomerate. Uh, score levels are the overarching attitude of an individual at any given time. And uh, the good news is it fluctuates. Uh, the bad news is it fluctuates. <laughs> so how's your score level? And I, and I think um, we're going to get to that in a minute, but let's see – Who's in the zone? Who out there in the last week has that high level of self-discipline, concentration, optimism, relaxation, enjoyment? Um, 
Yeah, what's uh, who's in the zone, Seth? You know what? Uh, we've got several people in the zone, and it doesn't matter if it's you know uh, an opera singer or a football player. You've always got something to learn here. There's something we can take away. Well, each week. Uh, first of all, I, I, I want to say that Bryce Harper has been a perennial zone performer, uh, arguably uh, the best, uh, definitely top five best players in baseball. Could have a four hundred million dollar payout. Um, yeah, NBC Sports is saying it's possible that Bryce Harper will make more money next year than all players on the Oakland A's combined. Hello. <laughs> Hello. And then the A's are probably going to win the World Series, <laughs> which is awesome. The A's have done well with low payroll. But Bryce Harper's got to be sitting there uh, definitely being in the zone. I'm sure there's a lot of apprehension of uh, you know, is he going to leave the uh, Nationals? Uh, or is it, Where is he going to go? Uh, Cubs, Yankees, they seem to be always in the bidding uh, for the best performers. Are you going to go to the Phillies? Um, or is Bryce Harper uh, going to finally get a World Series uh, for the Dodgers, even though they've had such great teams and they've been the World Series quite a bit uh, without uh, they've been the bridesmaid, though. They haven't won it. Uh, will Bryce Harper uh, take the entire team in the zone? Yeah. Uh, and, Jim, you have walked with players through the, these uh, big signings before, very big signings. And it's not always a team that offers the most money. It's a team that shows a vision of where you can go. Well, unless you're talking about the agent. Uh, I, I, <laughs> you know, I think sometimes the agent uh, can get in the way uh, of convincing the client that it is about money. Uh, it is... Uh, uh, and I've heard this said, you don't work for the Reds. You work for, you know, your name, Inc. You know, you work for yourself. Uh, but you're right. Uh, you know, you, you have to be in the right atmosphere, on the right team, with the right chemistry, in the right position. Uh, but you can't really go, especially in baseball, just because you love the manager, because if they don't win, he won't be there very long. So it's about the city, about the culture, and... Um, that's typically why uh, uh, the Yankees and the Dodgers, typically those big payroll companies, they don't always win, uh, but they've, they've had a long history and they have a winning, at least winning culture. Who else is in the zone? You know, let's talk about getting out of uh, getting out of negativity and, and coming back. So Jared Goff is in his third year in the NFL, and I, I've got to confess, as a fan, I don't even think I realized his rookie season happened, and that's probably because. He went 0-7 back in 2016 for his first seven games. Uh, currently, the Rams are 9-1, and and uh, he just had another standout performance this week against the Seahawks. And to top it all off, several of the L.A. Rams donated uh, part or all of their paychecks to the uh, victims of wildfires, which is very cool. They, they donated part or all of their weekly pay to the wildfire victims in California. You know what? Kudos to you, L.A. Rams. You're in the zone. Forget the winning. Uh, you're more than football players. And uh, I, I think a lot of people understand, you know, you're more than your job. You're more than your your career. Uh, you know, we're all sisters and brothers and sons and daughters and friends and neighbors. And what's going on in uh, California with the wildfires is unfathomable. I mean, it's pretty amazing. And who else is in the zone? It's the first responders. Uh, you know, I've coached first responders. These are special 
people. They, they sacrifice time, energy. Uh, they put their lives literally on the line. And uh, fighting a wildfire that is so unpredictable. I've talked to a lot of firefighters. Uh, definitely uh, when my daughter went to University of Montana out in Missoula, um, some of her um, teammates on her tennis team actually in the summer fought fires. And um, pretty, uh, pretty amazing people. So uh, first responders, you're in the zone. And uh, Jared Goff, you're in the zone. A zone performer. I I have a negative. Obviously, uh, Stan Lee uh, passed away. Uh, what a great life! However, ninety five year old uh, influential pop culture creator icon. Um, uh, yeah, he, to think about everything he's created, and I, you know, I used to to read his comic books so well, well written and illustrated. His career started in 1939 um, and by filling ink for printing machines. This guy's been in business 80 years. Think about the iconic characters, Captain America, Iron Man, the Incredible Hulk, Black Panther, Spider-Man. Wow. Thank you. Thank you, Stan Lee. Uh, and he's... Uh, also in every movie, which is awesome. Uh, don't you want? I remember one movie. I can't. Well, I can't remember the movie, but I remember one time where I thought, "Where, where was Stanley? I missed him." And I actually went back and found him. Uh, he was a bartender, you know, in, in one of the spots. But uh, he does a little cameo, and so rest in peace. Um, amazing. Life, amazing career, Stan Lee. By the way, he will be in Avengers 4. He was able to film his cameo there. And did we did we say the total number? The characters he created, just putting ink on paper, have generated more than $17.5 billion. That's out of one man's imagination. From a comic book. Yeah. From 10-cent comic books. Pretty amazing. <laughs> oh, Jim, I you know, we got to go there, unfortunately. Uh, do, do, we have, <laughs> do, we, do we have to do this? We, well, we look at the top performers each week. and I, you know, Do I we don't... <laughs> have to go here? I, I'm now visualizing Christian Leitner in my mind. I mean, I'm from Kentucky. I think everybody knows that. Shout out to Ashland, Kentucky, Paul G. Blazier. Shout out Russell High School. Shout out Greenup, Boyd County High School. I love it. Yes, yeah. I'm a hillbilly from <laughs> Kentucky. My beloved Kentucky Wildcats. I watched this game. It was the most difficult game I think I've ever seen. Go ahead and say their opponent's name because I'm not yeah. sure I'm going to mention it. Uh, Duke bested oh, Kentucky man. Uh, by 34 points. And the three freshmen on the team combined for 95 points. Duke then went on uh, to play Army next, and the three freshmen, R.J. Barrett, Zion Williamson, and Cam Reddish, scored 33, 28, and 22. That means the three freshmen have scored 178 points in a couple of games. Zion Williamson, they have called him uh, LeBron. He is the next LeBron. This guy is huge. He's quick. He's got every move. He can shoot the three. Why isn't he on the Wildcats? Why is he with Duke? I mean, Coach K, you're awesome, but Duke, oh, 
you know, from Kentucky, we don't like Duke. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> we don't. And noticed. we don't like them because they win. But, boy, are they loaded. They have now leapfrogged Kansas to take the number one spot. And with these three freshmen, and, and Kentucky's loaded. Kentucky had one of the best classes. I thought this is going to be a great game. What a blowout. The largest loss Kentucky's had. Uh, I don't remember when. It may be forever. But if you saw uh, Calipari, uh, Coach Cal, if you saw his body language during that game, uh, What's that commercial? You want to get away? You know, he wanted to be anywhere but uh, on the court. All right, Duke, you're in the zone. I admit, <laughs> I admitted it. All right, we got we got to talk about Andrew Luck here. Who maybe they weren't uh, the team wasn't as public with uh, how serious of an injury that Andrew Luck had gone through. He was snowboarding in the off season, which, by the way. Uh, if if I could just speak to high school and college athletes, um, if you can ski for the rest of your life, but maybe uh, skip the skiing and snowboarding while you're still competing. You know what? I it, when I played pro tennis, I I was in St. Moritz. I, I've been in Aspen. Uh, I, I've been to the best resorts, ski resorts. Never been on a pair of skis. It it was just ingrained. Don't go there. I don't need the broken ankle, the twisted knee. And uh, so pro sports, stay away from that. But uh, luck, as luck would have it, uh, didn't listen to that. Yeah, so he got injured snowboarding. And there's kind of been this question mark around him ever since of can he find it again because of the fact that this was potentially, they called it a career-ending shoulder injury. And even if he would have fallen on the other shoulder, it would have been better as a quarterback. Uh, However, he just became the third player in NFL history to have six consecutive games with at least three touchdown passes uh, in the same season, joining Peyton Manning and uh, Tom Brady, who seem to have done well for themselves. So you do go through challenges, and in this case, he kind of, created his challenge but you can come back from those challenges success is getting up one more time from defeat andrew luck uh injury uh in fact uh manning and brady neither of the of those two were coming back from a career-threatening arm injury so uh, andrew luck uh you lucked out you're in the zone all right, Jim, we got to talk about some positive news. This is the most positive show on the planet, and uh, I, probably the only time this is ever going to happen, <laughs> we're going to put the 1990s video game, uh, which has found new life on cell phones, Tetris, in the zone. And believe it or not, this is a University of Southern California study. So students obviously tend to get stressed out and not perform their best on uh, on tests, which is something that we try to help out with here with on the Jim Fannin Show. And when we talk about bringing up your score level, you know, you got to have some optimism, some relaxation, some enjoyment, those last three elements. The University of Southern California actually said that students who feel stressed out and play a little bit of the, the video game Tetris uh, describe themselves as, quote, being in the zone afterwards and perform better on tests. And, you know, here at the Jim Fannin Show, we know it's because they got their score check up. Well, and by being in the moment, that means I'm not in the past. And that's where negativity has a tendency to keep rearing its ugly head and keep evaluating and going over and over, dredging up all the shoulda, coulda, wouldas. Uh, playing Tetris uh, could be uh, Fortnite. Get you in a positive zone state. My only advice is don't get nuts. Don't start playing Tetris <laughs> eight hours a day. Uh, that'll take you out of the zone. Eventually, uh, that may stress you out. But I get it. And it also says have a hobby. Take your mind off of it. Take a break. Uh, every 90 minutes, 
if you're at work, I'd get up and turn my brain off. I'd reboot, unhinge my jaw, shut my eyes, and see nothing but a dark screen. Tetris is doing the same thing for these students. But you can, uh, without getting Tetris on your phone, you can just take a, a mental time out and reboot your brain. So um, every 90 minutes, every two hours, uh, I'd get up, I'd turn my brain off, I might walk around, get a little blood flow, and um, always use that as a score maker, a zone maker, by taking short breaks. And one more piece here. We previewed earlier in the show about intuition uh, making all the difference in the world and saving somebody's life. Jim, you describe intuition as information that uh, – what's your exact words Well, it's – excuse me. It's real-time information that has come into your mind uh, that conscious minds don't possess. So it it comes in and formulates a little whisper, a little inner voice – don't go down the alley. It's like, what? What? Wow. Should I go down the alley? I just got a little voice that said, don't go down that alley. Eh, there's nobody down the alley. It's a shortcut. I'll get back on Michigan Avenue quicker. I'm going to go down the alley. And then I go down the alley and I get robbed. And I go, you know, I knew that. I knew, I knew something was wrong. Listen to your intuition. It's real-time information that your conscious mind does not possess. Well, uh, Canadian Nancy Abel uh, convinced other people of her intuition, and it, it saved somebody's life. Nancy was out hiking on the Pacific Crest Trail uh, in Canada, and she met a, a German hiker named uh, Katharina Grohn, and... Nancy actually encouraged Katharina to turn back because of the storm. Katharina said, no, I'm so close. I came from Europe. I'm going to finish this thing. Well, Nancy started to get concerned after she got off the trail and the storm hit. And so she, she hit a message. She, board. she got a vibe, though. Yeah, she did. Nancy got a vibe. She hit a message board. Uh, nobody had seen Katharina. Nancy couldn't find anybody. Nancy called emergency services and just basically said, shut up and listen to me. I think there's a German hiker out there. Uh, and she said she was going to go 30 miles. I think she went seven get a helicopter up there. I I think she's dying. And they put a helicopter up and they found her, uh, dying of hypothermia and saved her life. Uh, and she's quoted as saying, I knew something wasn't right. How many times have we known something wasn't right? Now that's a major intuitive vibe and it saves someone's life. How about taking a test in school? And I put down the answer C on a multiple choice. And my intuition tells me C. And then I start thinking about it, and I erase it, and I put B. And I go back, I knew that. How many times have you had a seven iron in your hand and a little voice said, six iron? And logically, it's a seven. My cat even said it's a seven. But the inner voice, it knows that a wind's coming up as soon as that ball's going to be in flight. Pretty uncanny. The best in the world have less thoughts. That way their mind is clear to receive vibes that are absolutely accurate and spot on. Now, if I'm bouncing between future and past. I've got a lot of negativity and I have a lot of chaos 
in my mind, that intuitive voice may not get through. In fact, it may even sit on the sidelines. But when your mind is clear and you're in the present, your jaw's unhinged, that's when the inner voice will speak more clearly. Listen to it, act on it, trust it. And I think that's the most difficult thing about intuition is trusting that it's accurate because it's just hard to believe. You know, when I I did a research project with twins, how they communicate over a two-hour time differential, separated, and they're wearing different sets of clothing. They all had the same set of clothing. They were going to put on whatever outfit they wanted. They went to school dressed alike for 24 days with no communication, identical twins. And when I saw this firsthand, I was in the Ukraine, uh, and and when I saw this study firsthand, initially I was skeptical. I was like, really? But then when I saw it, I was blown away. Intuition's real. We all possess it. It's hardwired into us. We have that sixth sense. It's not just for the psychic or the intuitive. Everyone has that. Your mom, she was probably the best at that. Little bird told me, where is that bird? Where is that bird that always told my mother that I was, <laughs> I'd cross 13th Street? You can go wherever you want, Jimmy. Just don't cross 29th Street or 13th Street. I had to stay in my area. And my mom picked up a vibe that I had crossed 13th Street, that I'd gone into a neighborhood I shouldn't have gone into. No one told her. She just knew it, and she was always right. So listen to your gut. Uh, It whispers, and it typically only says it once. Trust in it. Act on it. And for the next week, um, be aware of it. It's part of being in the zone. Hey, we always wrap up on the score check because it doesn't matter if you are on the hottest streak in your career or in your sport, or if something knocked you down today, we all come to this the same because if you're in the zone, once you realize that you're not in it anymore, and if you need to pick some things up, well, you also need a score check. Uh, This is for right now, but it's also something that... uh, some of Jim's clients are literally doing every two hours throughout the workday. So we do it together, but you need to come back to this as well. So you're driving up in your car. You pulled up to the drive-up window. Seth's back there. Uh, we're cooking uh, some self-discipline, some concentration, some optimism, some relaxation, and we're cooking up some enjoyment, high levels of it. We've got it in buckets. We've got it in slabs. We've got platefuls. We've got a drink of relaxation. Now, you've got to order one thing. You can only order one. You can come back later. Pick a subject. Is it your work? Is it your relationship? Is it your parenting? Or is it just generic, your overarching score level? Everyone has higher low levels of S-C-O-R-E. And each of those intangibles trigger natural body chemistry from cortisol to dopamine to serotonin, glycogen, and endorphins. And once they're all balanced, the zone arrives. 
and it's the only place to be. So what do you need? What are you ordering right now? Seth, what, what do you need this week? You know, I'm going to go with some optimism. Just be up. Positive. Positive. Extreme positive. Looking only for solutions. Well, I've got a lot on my plate right now. Uh, I've got more opportunities than, than I have time for. Uh, so no is a big deal right now to inspect uh, uh, everything from every angle and say yes or no. I'm not going to say yes to all the things on my plate. Right now, I, I'm looking at some self-discipline, the willingness, the commitment to stay with one task at a time to reach whatever goals I have uh, that's going to take me to an overarching uh, vision. And I'm doing this in the business uh, arena of life. You know, we're, we're all more than our companies. We're more than our business. Uh, don't forget, we're sons, daughters, brothers, friends. We've got our own personal wellness. So you can do a score check for your overall wellness. But you can also do a score check for your personal finances. So each one of those arenas of your life has a score level. And uh, why does it fluctuate? Well, we bump into score breakers. They're out there. We run a gauntlet of these intangibles externally and sometimes internally. And an internal tangible that could bother you would be my expectations going in were too high or I was going into this uh, event with it too low. So, uh, yeah, I'm going to get some self-discipline. I've got a lot on my mind. I'm going to narrow my focus because of this self-discipline, and uh, that's what's on my mind for this week. Check your score level. you got five fingers. you got five intangible markers. Do a score check when you wake up in the morning. You can do one at the end of the day to see how did I do. How is my score level overall? You can rate a meeting. How was the meeting? What was the missing ingredient? Definitely you can do it before a meeting. Every athlete I coach does a score check before their performance, but they also do score checks before they work out. They do score checks before they practice. And again, um, do a score check before you go home. When you close the doors to your business, put down your phone, do a score check Uh, to go home to the people that you care about. And don't forget to take the first 90 seconds to give undivided attention. Look your significant other in the eye long enough to discern eye color. That's one of the 90-second tools, making a transition from work to home. And if you got little kids, hold up, let me hug mommy, let me hug daddy. Now you're teaching them how to respect their significant other 30 years from now, hopefully. Uh, but you're also showing respect uh, to mom or to dad. Get in the zone. It's the only place to be. Have an awesome week, everyone. And, And don't forget, if there's someone in your life that has low discipline or low concentration, or maybe they're not confident, or maybe they're stressed to the max and they're not having fun uh, as well. Um, A positive statement, a smile, a pat on the back, an encouraging word, and maybe uh, pass along the podcast. Share it with someone that you care about, a co-worker, a family member, a friend, and uh, be in the zone and help other people be in the zone. 
because it's the only place to be. Need more help getting to the zone or want to check out some of Jim's books? Follow Jim on Twitter at Jim Fannin or visit jimfannin.com for more incredible tips to help you become your best, most authentic self. This has been the Jim Fannin Show on Radio Influence. In this ever-changing world of technology and information, we're experiencing drastic changes in the demands for talent and skills, how we develop them, and where they're now needed. This week on Crush Performance, we talk with Jeff Colvin, best-selling author and senior editor at Fortune Magazine, about what talent and skills you need to develop for this new age, and what does talent and skill development look like as we move forward. Join us as we look at the future of human performance in this episode of Crush Performance, and keep yourself on the cutting edge. Subscribe to the Crush Podcast and sign up for our weekly newsletter at crushperformance.com. Crush Performance, your weekly source for sport performance and athletic development information. If you're a serious athlete, a weekend warrior, parent, or coach, join us each week as we investigate the latest trends and research coming out of the sport performance world. We'll visit with top athletes, coaches, and sports scientists to keep you on the cutting edge and to find out what it truly takes to achieve human maximum performance. You can visit us online at crushperformance.com and Crush Performance Radio with me, Jeff Kershell, can be found on iTunes, Stitcher, and at Radio Influence.